Hey everyone, I just wanted to let you know that this week we talked about Pacific Rim, the movie from 2013, and we spoiled the whole thing, um, Just so, but we forgot to do a spoiler alert in the actual episode, so just here's your warning, spoiler alert, we'll talk about the entire movie. Also, there was a bit of a lag in our audio, so it kind of sounds a little different than normal. Um, it kind of sounds like we're interrupting each other a lot more than we actually are. So just just a warning, um, it was just kind of an audio glitch and I don't know how to fix it. So you're welcome. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Drive Time Pod. It's a show where us bitches talk about the shit we like. My name is Mariah. I'm Corey. And today we are canceling the apocalypse with (laughs) Pacific Rim. Yay! (laughs) I love it. Oh, guys. Did you like my Idris Elba impression? I did. And Thank I... you. So good. I'm very this good. This is legitimately, like, this is not one of those favorite bad movies like The Host. Like, this is legitimately <laughs> just one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. <laughs> this is my favorite garbage. Because <laughs> it's garbage that smells good. You know, it's just like a bunch of recycling rather it's than like a... Yeah, it's good. You know, I, <laughs> I love Pacific Rim. Sarah, do you love Pacific Rim as much as we do? Okay. <laughs> no, but I don't hate it. So, like, I the thing is, is that as you've probably come to learn, and I know Mariah and Corey definitely know, it takes me a while to process how I think and feel about things. And I just watched Pacific Rim for the very first time last night. So, I don't know enough to, like, be like, oh, my God, that's the best thing I've ever watched in my life. I need to watch it all the time now. But I really enjoyed it. I just don't think I'm on the level. That's that's, that's very okay. true. We're we'll, we'll, we'll explain why. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for those for readers who don't know what Pacific <laughs> Rim is, readers, you're listening. What the heck? <laughs> audio? audio it's, an, it's an audio, audio medium. medium. So um, we just looked up the IMDb um, storyline. So there's two synopsises. One is hella short. I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to read the slightly longer one. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <clears throat> excellent storyline. When monstrous creatures known as kaiju started rising from the sea, a war began that would take millions of lives and consume humanity's resources for years on end. To combat the giant kaiju, which, by the way, this is Mariah saying something, kaiju are giant monsters like Godzilla and Mothman. A special type of weapon was devised. Massive robots called Jaegers, which are controlled simultaneously by two pilots whose minds are locked in a neural bridge. But even the Jaegers are proving nearly defenseless in the face of the relentless kaiju. On the verge of defeat, the forces defending mankind have no choice but to turn to two unlikely heroes. A for- washed-up former pilot, played by Charlie Hunnam. When and- is this gonna end? Jesus Christ! It's almost done. Shush, <laughs> shush, 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 shush. And an untested trainee, played by Rinko Kikuchi, 
who are teamed up to drive a legendary but seemingly obsolete Jaeger from the past. Together, they stand as mankind's last hope against the mounting apocalypse. <laughs> or it's giant monsters fighting giant robots. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Which is legitimately why I love this movie. Oh, it's it's literally like, hey, like Guillermo del Toro found a script, a story, was like, do you like Power Rangers and like Gurren Lagann and all of those giant and like Sockum Poppers? Do you like Godzilla and giant mo- monsters? Do you like watching them fight? Like, did you like playing with those two things as a child? in your bedroom how about we just give you literally almost 200 million dollars to make a movie about it like yeah that's and yeah and it doesn't disappoint like i was expecting Mm -hmm. so little and i got so much (laughs) see i think that's the key so so when when sarah first she was i was like guys we should talk about pacific rim and sarah was like this is not my genre of movie and i was like that's okay I understand. Like, I love a good action movie purely for the fact that it is mindless. I am not here for plot in action films. I am not here for character development. I'm not there. I'm there for explosions and hot people. And this film delivers its And fades. let me tell you, though, well, this, this film does deliver it sure does. on, like, personalities, though. And there is some character development. And I think that's why it's a little surprising, because you're like, I was not expecting this. Hello, friendships. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's the beauty about and, this and movie. And, like, well-rounded yeah. characters Every... in a short amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the sequel doesn't exist. We don't talk about the fucking sequel. <laughs> no. Listen, John Boyega, you're wonderful. Mm-mm. That was a mistake. Uh, he produced it, too. Did he really? Yeah. <gasps> no. I John. I know. John. Yeah, Scott. Oh, yeah. Ooh. What's hot son mm-hmm. That guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so many hot people. And Rinko Kikuchi's in it, too. As Mako Mori again. <laughs> which we love okay, to see. But spoiler... They fucking kill her in, like, the <gasps> first act. Rude. Did you know that? I don't know anything about this. Well, don't no. watch it. Okay, got she it. She has zero character development. It doesn't matter who she is. Charlie Hunnam does not come back. And they kill her in the first act. Rude. So that is why the second movie doesn't so exist. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Everyone and honestly, like, my brother and I went opening and the first weekend, one like, on lovely. Friday night. I was so excited. And we left, and <laughs> oh, it no. was horrible. That's it was the so, worst. I was so upset. Oh, okay, so this is, this is what, so besides the lack of plot and everything, when I first saw this movie, I knew I was going to like it in the first 16 minutes and 50 seconds. Oh, seriously? Do you know why? Because the world building is insane. Because... Okay, so the year this movie came out, 2013, there was roughly like six monster movies that all came out at the same time. And I don't have the picture. I wish I still did. But someone on Tumblr did a like graph, a bar graph of all the like big monster movies that came out in the summer and when the monster is introduced and how much screen time the monster has. And it was like Godzilla gets introduced in like the last 30 minutes of Godzilla and he has 10 minutes of screen time, whatever. 
the kaiju mm-hmm. and the Jaeger, you see a kaiju one minute and 26 seconds in <laughs> in Pacific Rim. Oh. And then they are mm-hmm. in the whole movie. But the other thing is, literally, yeah. before there's even opening credits, it says, this thing flashes across the screen, and it says kaiju. And it has the word then in Japanese, and then it says it's Japanese, meaning grand, or sorry, giant beast. If I could read my own handwriting, guys. Meaning giant beast. And then they have Jaeger in the German, mm-hmm. and then German meaning hunter. And that is all you need to know. <laughs> it's incredible. And then the title card does yeah. not show up until 16 minutes and 50 seconds. And they have built the world. You know where you're at. And you don't even have to like, I mean, there is mm-hmm. a little bit of a hero's journey, which we can talk about. But truthfully, like the first 16 minutes is sometimes an entire action film. Oh, yeah. They did a great job kind of fleshing out because this is a brand new world. It's not really something that you have known before whereas with Godzilla like I don't know what they do with those movies because I don't watch them but I'm like there are a thousand of them whereas this is a a new kind of world I thought I was very much impressed by how they kind of very quickly and succinctly but in a way that you still it was pleasant to watch explained honestly everything um what like what you said like it's a whole action movie in one like I if I have to watch another they could have Batman made that begins <laughs> if I have to watch it. another Spider-Man origin story I'm going to lose my marbles. <laughs> they did the whole Raleigh Beckett origin story and the whole origin story of the entire universe of Pacific Rim in 15 minutes. Mhm. And like mm-hmm. in the like tape I mean I would but like But I would so watch that. Take note. Right, of course. But, like, take Mostly note. Mostly because Charlie Directors, had like, if you're going to reboot an old property, I don't want to watch an origin story anymore. Just do what Pacific Rim did. And mm-hmm. we can move on to, like, the actual new stories that you want to learn to, like, yeah. t- like, talk about. It's and like it- that meme. Have you seen the meme uh, about Spider-Man? And it goes, if I see one more Spider-Man reboot, I will kill Uncle Ben myself. Yeah, same. <laughs> Agreed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the worst. Um, so can I, I just want to let you all know, like, you know, um, I don't really do notes for this uh, podcast because I'm more of a just go with the flow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I took one, two, three, four. You took notes? Five, six, seven pages of notes about specific room because mm-hmm. I love <laughs> Whoa, pages? Wow. I'm so impressed. Now, I do want to... <clears throat> No, no, no. Here's the thing. Are you Sarah today? Here's the thing. I do. Sarah did nothing. I do write very large. (laughs) And it's in a small notebook. (laughs) And a lot of it is like, you know, I've got got squares around things. um, And it's very hard to read. But other, you know. Yes. Just want to let everybody know that Mm -hmm. I know how to take notes. I'm so proud. Well, you are a teacher, so you. you would hope. Proud of you. Yeah, mm. yeah, you would hope. Maybe. Mm. Um, uh, are you ready mm. for what my second note is? My first note was Kaiju Jaeger and the explanation of what they are. But my second note was Obama. Mm-hmm. I miss you, Obama. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> because it's like the kaiju attack and they're like but we we memorialized our dead and we moved on and then it shows like world leaders and it's obama and they've put a fake scroll bar talking about kaiju and i just was like oh oh i miss having someone who can speak in full sentences <sighs> and uh, and uh, yeah and also my my third note was i cuz i've never I've never watched this movie with the intent of taking notes and like academically talking about it in a not you know what I mean not an academic sense. I'm just here for Charlie Hunnam and Mako Mori. Yeah, Rico um, Kikuchi. Yes. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> no, literally like the character, but right. it's fair. Rinko right. Right. So so yes. so Mako and and Raleigh. Mako and Raleigh. Charlie and Rinko. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We didn't talk about what we're drinking, but I've already had a whiskey, so I apologize now. I'm drinking um, water as per usual, but I'm <laughs> almost out, so I might have to go get more. More. Fair. Um, but I... Yay! I had a mimosa, what? and I'm now no. drinking water. So proud. I know. What? Went to a party it's before. So good. Um, so can I? My first note is um, yep. the first ten to fifteen minutes of Pacific Rim is the best world bu- building I've ever seen in film. My second note is G slur danger. Mm-hmm. Yikes! <laughs> like, because the name of the Jaeger that Raleigh pilots is oh. spelled G I P. S-Y, which I have, that's my only issue with this entire movie is that they keep, s- yeah, so I'm just calling it G-I-P from it's now spelled on. spelled that way. <laughs> Why, explain, explain to me and the listeners who are apparently very ignorant. Okay, I mean, so, I know that gypsy is not a great term. But... Right, so it's a, it's like a slur for the Romani people. Right. And, like, that is an outside term in the same way that N- the N-word is for Black people. Okay, so I get that. So the spelling? Not that, but the spelling is slight, is makes, like, it's still, like, it makes it slightly better, but they're still pronouncing oh, it the same. And I'm like, just they like, tried to spell it different to not have it be. Yeah, and they didn't. I do, gotcha. Yeah, and they didn't okay, do it enough, okay. you know? Not, yeah, no, they should have just picked a different one. I agree. I so, understand. Okay, so sorry. Now I just wanted to make sure. So just so you all know, when I say GD, that's what I am, pronou- what I'm referring <laughs> to. not saying God damn. No, All right, she's not saying God damn, damn. thank you, ma'am, but or G danger okay. or just danger, <laughs> you know how they go. Um, I mm-hmm. like the but the thing is this the design of G danger is so is so cool. Like it is, oh, it's like you know mm-hmm. that it was designed to look like a World War Two fighting fighter plane. And it was well, yeah. And, we wouldn't know that, but you would know that. Yeah, like that's so cool. <laughs> like that's the beauty. Like that's what's so cool about the Jaegers is well, it's it's what's so cool, but also like slightly problematic. Um, is that like all of the Jaegers are designed to be for their pilots and the country that they represent? So like mm-hmm. Cherno Alpha is like okay, that sounds Russian, and then it looks like a soviet brutalist building and it uh-huh. just it just look and like and g danger gd looks like a fighter pilot like a fighter plane because 
Raleigh um, is like like the cool like fighter pilot type. Like he like he, you can take Raleigh Beckett and put him in a World War Two movie, and he would have the exact same character arc. <laughs> like yes, is, and so and like even the way he dresses, the way he like, and it's like very American. Um, and then the sleek, fast paced Australians. Oh man. We lo- and like they just look super cool with their little striker Eureka. Like <laughs> I just I just love this movie so much. And of course, um slightly problematic Crimson Typhoon for the Chinese triplets. Yeah, like, I that mm-hmm. one I did note. That one I was like, mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, like that's like I just have so many notes and I will get to them when I get to them, I guess. But those Oh yeah. Well, so in conjunction with how you don't like the fact that it's called Gypsy Danger, it says in Hungary trailers for the movie couldn't mention the name of the main robot, Gypsy Danger, because it was offensive to the mm-hmm. Roma, a large ethnic group in the country. The name is spoken freely in the Hungarian dubbed version, but it's left in English. It's a reference to a type of airplane engine. Uh, it's a reference to a type of airplane mm. engine, not the people in question. I okay. didn't realize. Okay. So, that is so fun fact. Problematic, but not the As, worst. Yeah, it's still, it's like problematic, but in the same way that like, my mom is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll let it slide because I love it so much, but like... <laughs> yes so gypsy danger is named after the de havilland gypsy aircraft engine this is intended as a nostalgic nod to the world war ii era which was a major influence in the design of the robot it looks like a freaking fighter plane (laughs) yeah all right so shall we get to the questions that Corey has? well my yeah and my next thing that i wanted to just i like it is not Amerocentric, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of movies will be like. It happens in mm-hmm. New York, like the first the first town that they destroy is San Francisco, and you're like, okay, great. Like it's always New York or San Francisco, but then it's like, oh, but then they hit Manila, and then they hit Tokyo, and then they hit Cabo San Lucas, and you're like, oh, they're legitimately talking about the Pacific Rim, which is what like, the movie is the tectonic mm-hmm. oh. well, and it's like the tectonic <laughs> plate where all of the like volcanoes come from and everything and so they do a really great job of like not making it super americentric and i think that was my other the thing when i first saw it that i just liked cuz you kind of i mean we are not the center of the universe and we really like to make our movies feel like we are mm-hmm. and so it it was it's nice to kind of yeah. have like no, it's an action movie that's about the world. Yeah, and I think that's because the guy behind it, well, one of the major players is Guillermo del Toro. He's who is from Mexico. He is a Mexican right. film mm-hmm. director. And like he was heavily involved. Like the story is not yeah. his, but he was heavily involved in writing the screenplay. He did pr- he produced it, he directed it, like and he is just an outstanding film mm-hmm. director. And his has a has such a unique take on the world, and it was a really like quite like to me a breath of fresh air for action movies for the first time. Like the, for the first time, I was like, "This is an action movie that has to do." It's a global perspective on an action yeah. movie, right? Well, not only is it that it takes place like it concerns the world's population, 
but also mm-hmm. the Americans don't save the day. There's a an American who helps, but you know, and I and I appreciate that because it's like some other movies may not necessarily be American focused, like it may take place somewhere else or include other worlds, but it's always the Americans that save the day. Yeah. Um, Which, by yeah, the way, so this is a spoiler that podcast. As well. So if you haven't watched it, you know. if they haven't figured it out, uh, I'll, we I'll spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We are going to spoil the shit out of this. Um, my, <laughs> like, I love that it is a group effort to get uh-huh. these kaiju dealt with and to cancel the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> which yes. Is, that it was like half Scottish. What accent hold on, was hold that on. That time that's my that's my only thing. I'm gonna say it in a different accent every time. So oh, great. So, gotcha. so my favorite okay. part about canceling the apocalypse is <laughs> like <laughs> the fact that the person who like quote saves the day is a middle aged, but he's very hot black english guy like uh-huh. that like uh-huh. you don't see that shit like he <laughs> is the hero stacker pentecost like well and like the asshole australian uh, kind of has a redeeming arc you know uh, and uh, so you love a redeeming thing i know the one thing i don't think we quite covered in the wonderful synopsis <laughs> is um did you explain how the aliens have come how the kaiju came to be no um but do you want to take a yeah hold of that go for it so the reason we're fighting monsters so the whole at the beginning raleigh says we always used to look at the stars and think what if aliens came down and he goes you never thought that aliens would come from underneath us and basically what has happened is some aliens have created a portal that we call in the movie the breach Mm -hmm. in the middle of the pacific somewhere and they are sending these giant alien monsters through this breach. And it's kind of very, it's very methodical because there's a lot of these, there's some scientists. The fake science in this movie makes me so happy. Oh my God. The fake science um, is like so fake, but like <laughs> they say such sciencey things that I'm like, okay. They do such a great job um, the, at uh, making the fake science sound just believable enough that the world doesn't feel stupid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're like, guys those none of those words were real like all the words are real they just might not work together right like or that concept doesn't make any sort of lick of sense no. like yeah. what are you talking like, about like this sample and this sample they're clones because look at the dna and you're like great that's that could actually you know you could actually figure that out anyway that's how the aliens are coming to us they're coming to us through the pacific in a breach the thing that we call the breach which Again, can we just talk about the names in this fucking movie? Everything is named so cool. Like, like the the rule of cool is well and alive in this movie. Like the place where all of the Jaeger. Okay, number one, the fact that these giant ro- robots are called Jaegers, incredible. Like a stroke of genius. The where the the garage for all of the Jaegers is called the. Shatterdome, like <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I really like. The, oh my god, it's the neural handshake. 
yes yeah (laughs) oh my god and like i just every single thing that is named that is totally made up in this movie just sounds like the most badass thing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) like even their (laughs) names are cool (laughs) yes like hercules one of the characters name is hercules but he just goes by herc Yep, honey, you mean Hercules. Can we talk about how they couldn't have gotten an actual Australian? <laughs> so neither of those guys were actually bothersome. Oh. It's like I love Max Martini, but which we by the way that is legitimate name, Max Martini. Uh, but he's well, not no. Uh, but right in America. But I think Robert Kras- and I'm like K- guys. Kaczynski is at, like he grew up there though. I'm gonna double check that though, because I recognize him, Rob Kaczynski. Oh, he's English. Oh, he's born in England. <laughs> he's English. Okay, so that mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. better. Yeah, but no, Maximilian Carlo <laughs> oh Martini and got up for that <laughs> name. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so to my questions, <laughs> let's start. Yeah. What did you like best about this movie? So Sarah, you had never seen it before. Um, first impressions or yes. things the, something that you actually um, really liked? Well, as I've said, um, and I, I liked Mariah's mm-hmm. term, I liked their world building at the beginning. Um, it's probably some of the best that I've I've seen. Um because I felt really well prepared once those title credits went, you know, and you're like, oh, yep. All right. We're officially starting. Um, and then it was, just, mm, it was really, yes. it is a beautiful pleasing. film. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really appreciated that. I really appreciated that the primary female character did not wear um, white you never see boobs. or heels. Ever. You never even see cleavage. I checked for it this time watching because mm. I didn't want to mm-hmm. say it without being sourced. I'm... The only person you see shirtless yeah. is Charlie Hunnam. Which is fabulous. <laughs> However, um, I do want to say I all... felt so bad yeah. for him all you mean, man. because he was probably so dehydrated while he filmed mm-hmm. all his shirtless scenes. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, like I really, that's one of my big things. So I'm not the first person. No, that's not what I meant to say. I'm not the person who first gravitates to um, action films. I I enjoy them, but it's never like something I usually will choose to watch. Someone has to recommend it or my family has to be watching it and I'm bored and I join in. Um, And so my biggest issue with a lot of action films is it's not I'm like that's just stupid or that's illogical or like I just pick apart all the plot holes but this one was pleasant enough that I just I was mm-hmm. able to suspend my disbelief and I didn't care and then it didn't ha- I just I really hate women running in heels and white clothes it's the stupidest thing in the entire world and yeah. it occurs in like cough so Jurassic World cough and so I was just <laughs> Transformers, cough. All of them. Every single Transformers. But it happens probably. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. it just, it really gets me. So I really appreciated that. And it was very nice. What did you like best? 
I mean, my favorite thing that I, uh, like, the moment I heard it, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing, is the fucking soundtrack. <laughs> uh-huh. It slaps. Like, mm-hmm. like, I will go years without watching Pacific Rim. I listen to the Pacific Rim soundtrack, I shit you not, at least once a month. And mm-hmm. usually during class, I will uh-huh. put, like literally when my kids are like, all right, kids, you're doing a thing where you can't talk to each other. Um, you just have to read and write go. I'll just play the Pacific Rim soundtrack and it gets them one of two things. Three things. Annoyed, which I don't <laughs> give a shit about. <laughs> Hyped as hell or anxious as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And like, which is why I don't play it all the time. <laughs> You're like, all right, if there's anxiety, and then never right. End. But like, it is so <laughs> great. And like, once I do play it, like the kids are like, oh, "Miss, where is this from?" And I'm like, "It's from Pacific Rim." And they're like, "Oh my god, I forgot about that movie." And I'm like, "How could you? It's the greatest movie of all time, besides Star Wars." <laughs> when I told my mom that I was getting get to do a podcast about Pacific Rim, she went, "Oh my god, it's like your dream come true. You don't, you can talk to people about this movie." So I talked to my family about it, and everyone who will listen, probably too much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oof. I feel you. I yeah. feel you. Corey, what's your favorite part? I adore the relationship between Raleigh and Mako and then Mako and um, Pentecost. Same. Like, I I could watch mm. just them having relationship and not watch explosions, which I'm here for the explosions. But <laughs> they're the two different, like, relationships that she has with these men and just everything about it. That is literally like what I come back to constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I will put the movie on and like be sewing and like ignoring the action scenes, but the minute they're talking, I'm like glued to the screen. I just yeah. And like that's the beautiful thing about Mako Mori. Like, cause this mm-hmm. film does not pass the bed chill chest, which Oh, I have a whole section about the Mako Mori test. Oh, I'm so excited. But like the <laughs> fact that the Mako Mako Mori test was invented because this movie is so great and because Mako Mori is such a great character in it, like, it really opened our eyes to what true representation in film could be about. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. Like, clear- mm-hmm. we still have so much to go. We have so much. We have so far to go. But, yeah. like, this, like, Mako Mori in Pacific mm-hmm. Rim is a great step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then next, what did you like least about the movie? Um, the second half drags. <laughs> it's a lot of explosions and not a lot of plot. And so I kind of just was like, mm. that's my favorite part. But yes, I understand. Yeah. Sarah. I feel, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for the, the storyline. <laughs> you mean you didn't like the weird underground drug dealer? <laughs> Selling kaiju parts, <laughs> the black the market weird shoes. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like that could have been cut out, mm-hmm. and it would have been still seamless. Like, 
Charlie Day still would have figured out, you know, Herman, whom I love (laughs) so much. Um, you know, and they decide to do it together and go into the the bright. Like I feel like all of that would have still, or could have still happened without him. So that. Because I, I generally enjoyed the movie, and I w- if this is nitpicking, and would be, I just didn't care for it. Um, I didn't really. Yeah, upon my purpose, uh, I felt like I've watched this movie. I'm like, this whole subplot just adds like 15 minutes to the movie that could have been cut. You know. Yes. I feel like we could have, cha- you know, put that focus elsewhere. Like maybe. More Charlie Day. They could have you a Herman. Movie. Could have more time together. Uh, oh, they're right? so great. Yeah, I'd watch Which, it. Which, by the way, that's that's the romantic ship of this you know. movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Dude, and, and her, you know, you know, after this movie is over, they be fucking. <laughs> they be fucking. <laughs> like, in, they are uh, in love with each other. Done. Done. <laughs> also. Before this movie, I, A, had no idea who Charlie Day was, and B, have since realized this is the only movie where he is unreasonably hot in it. <laughs> tattoos. Because he has tattoos. And they always have him with the half-rolled sleeves so you can see his tattoos. And the glasses. And he's like, yes. Like, yes. Glasses. It's a button-up. Sleeves rolled up. She's two buttons show your down. Forms. Yeah. You have glasses. Mm-hmm. Doing that's reckless him. himbo. Yeah, that's, like he's, that's he does, he has himbo energy, but this. he's a scientist. Like yes, uh, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> perfection. Yeah. Absolutely. We well, so that kind of ties into my second, my next question is, who was your favorite character? I mean, besides, besides Newt. <laughs> Newt's my favorite character. <laughs> Great, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I there. What sealed the deal for me was when Herman was like, yes. oh, "We'll do it together." Yes, like that. That whole scene was just magic. Those two I, actors have incredible chemistry. I, I loved it. Like, I would never have put those two together. They really do, and because mm-hmm. I've seen like them both in just these little side. Um, roles where you don't really remember them or anything um, and so I really loved like they were very memorable and yeah their chemistry was really yeah great so good. Uh, yeah I, I I think Herman but I lo- I liked Charlie Hunnam as Charlie well. Hunnam is um, but yeah like you'd have to be blind so little looking not like him like did so i legitimately went and watched sons of anarchy because of this movie because i saw this movie in theater and then went so who is that guy what has he been in i want to see so much more of him and then went and watched sons of anarchy which is fine he's Mm -hmm. great (laughs) well the first thing i ever saw charlie hunnam in was oh um, Nicholas Nickleby, <laughs> and like so that was the very first thing, and then he showed up in other things, and I was like, "Wait, it's Nicholas Nickleby!" And people are like, "What the fuck is Nicholas Nickleby?" And I'm like, 
It's right. fine. Yeah. This is what we watched in my masterpiece okay. theater. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's uh, Charles yeah. Dickens, right? But you know, um, yeah. Corey, you're saying his name completely so. incorrect. You know that, right? I don't his, care because his name is Charlie Hamamana. Oh yes, I As... forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call him that in college because I couldn't say his name, and it would just be Charlie Menomina. <laughs> Which and his name is so easy to pronounce. It's pun <laughs> numb. Like, it's there's, so there's, easy. There's, Four Listen. unique letters. No, wait. H U N M. Yeah, there's four unique letters in it. There's a like Hunnam, <gasps> and then it would just Hunnam. transform. Hunnam, Charlie, you, Charlie Manamana became Charlie Hunnam. Banana. Like it just it was a whole thing. It, like it's not like it's the same energy as calling David Boreanaz of Angel and um whatever the fuck uh, Buffy fame. Yeah, just calling him yeah. David Bananas. <laughs> Or for just not even calling him Timothy Chalamet, but Tim- oh, Tim- Tim- it's Tim, Tim Chalamet. Tim- it's Tim Chalamet. Or <laughs> this or is America. Tim Cabernet. <laughs> this is what I've said. All men is trash except for me and Tim Timothy Shablagu. <laughs> yeah, you are correct. He would never put up with this show. Okay. Um. <laughs> I know nothing about Tim Chalamet. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know. Okay, I. So I have a couple more questions, but I want to ask this one mm-hmm. because Sarah, as somebody who, like you said, you don't like how women are portrayed in a lot of action films. Um, and I also don't, even though I mm-hmm. love explosions. So mm-hmm. the question that somebody had asked on Tumblr, and I'm sorry, I don't remember what the username was. I can't give you credit, but it's how would you compare Raleigh and Mako's relationship as male and female leads to other action movies? So, like, Jurassic World or, um, honestly, Transformers is, like, the big one. Because poor Megan Fox. Like, that Megan was the Fox one I was thinking of, yeah. boobs in those movies. And I feel horrible for her. Like, when you watch those, that's all she's there for. Which so, is crazy because the yeah. text mm-hmm. of Transformers, she is one of the more complicated, complex characters yeah. in the actual text of the movie. Like, what she's saying. But the way she's shot is she's shot by Michael Bay and mm-hmm. it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And you 100% don't hear what she's saying yeah. over her nipples. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Yeah. So, like, how would you compare? So here, I'll, I'll go first and then you can think about it. <laughs> so when you first are watching this, when Raleigh first meets Mako, she insults him <laughs> in Japanese. But he speaks Japanese. So then he just talks back to her and she's like, whoops, sorry. So they don't even start off on like great footing and it's not a sexualized first encounter, which I loved. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets really interested in her is when they're having the dueling and she can, because they're trying to figure out if they're drift compatible, if their brains can work together. Which is the greatest, like again, another (sighs) rule of cool name thing, but like honestly, This is what I'm looking for in a relationship of any kind. Are we yeah. drift compatible? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> if like, we stuck a giant monster machine together, could we run that machine together? Like yes, that is great. That's, like that's what I look for in professional like uh-huh. relationships. Like oh, this te- this teacher and I, this administrator and I. Um, you, like then I look for it in friendships. I look for it in romantic relationships. I look for it in my family. Like which part, like who in my life is drift compatible? Uh huh. You know? Yeah. And like, that's what I'm looking for. And he, she never undresses to the extent 
like she's never sexualized she undresses down because she's been in like kind of a military outfit and she undresses down enough to have like this what kind of fighting it's with a stick and i wanted to say um, jiu-jitsu but i know that's wrong i think it's just like staff yeah but they're so they're basically the like every time you hit the other mm-hmm. person it's a point and you get up to four points and you see if you're drift compatible and she like knocks him on his ass and he's like i love you let's be together as drift compatible partners in this giant machine like it's still not sexual yeah i love that and really mm-hmm. They kind of never really have sexual chemistry. Like, they have a mutual respect for each other as work partners. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a hint towards the end. Mm-hmm. But even at the very last minute when they're, like, floating together in the ocean, they don't kiss. And so that's, like, completely yeah. different. Honestly, it's, like, one of the reasons why I flipping love this movie is they don't force any romance on you. It's, like, these are two people who just fucking saved the world and canceled the apocalypse. <laughs> hold on the cancel the apocalypse yeah. <laughs> and they're like holy shit can we breathe and hug now okay great like it's it's for like when you say yeah. you suspend your disbelief there's a shocking amount of realism in the movie for a suspension of disbelief movie mm-hmm. so that that's just like my thing with like how do you compare yeah. um So I think part of it, too, is that I think the only really, like, sexualized part that you could even really construe oh, is when so she sees right? him undressing. Uh-huh. But it's so innocent, too. It's like, whoa, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen that before. Um, all righty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's kind of how I took it. Um, and then, yeah, um what I think that sets it apart though is because they are like they have to basically like mind meld I think they, they have the neural they, they have the neural handshake a neural fine. handshake yes neural handshake but you're literally it's like the right. closest form of intimacy you're in each other's heads you see everything and so it's like that relationship is just going to be so strong that it's not going to be like Jurassic World Either they had been in a relationship or he had wanted to be in a relationship. So there was that sexual tension like already there from the beginning, which is going to make her have that objectification. And then when you first meet Megan Fox in Transformers, she's bent over a car and you see her in her Daisy Dukes and it's just hot woman. And and that's like his interest in her is purely sexual at first. And so then it just kind of relegates her to that role whereas with Mako when you first meet her you know she's the one who's choosing his partners and then when he she kicks his ass he like really respects that and it just forms like not once was he ever like she just never was portrayed that way yeah um you know it was and so I think that's just really refreshing um so yeah, you want to hear my, my hot answer. take? Absolutely, <laughs> always. My hot take is that yes. it's not a romance at all, right? Yeah. Like obviously, right? But no. that, like, I each of the main characters that is named that actually speaks, they have their own mini character arc, right? Within the giant mm-hmm. arc of the story, 
and like Mako's, which we'll talk about later, um, has she has like this whole character arc of like becoming her own person and overcoming her fears. I think that Raleigh's character arc is entirely dependent on Mako's because he went from being a younger brother in a subsidiary role because mm-hmm. he's he when he was mm-hmm. first piloting G Danger, she like he was the right the left hand. And most people are, are right handed. So the dominant partner is always on the right side. Right? And so he was in a subs- mm-hmm. like not a subservient role, but like in a, a secondary role. Yeah. To his brother. Well he was the and little then, brother. And he was the little brother. He was yeah. the little brother and tagging s- along and being a exactly. rock star next to his little his bigger brother. Exactly. Like clearly his bigger brother, like from the beginning, was like the one who actually had the brains, mm-hmm. who was probably actually prepared for this. And he and Raleigh was just like, oh, I'm just like having my thing. And then the, when he gets ripped out, he has to like pilot the Jaeger, right? Raleigh's whole story is learning to come to terms with the fact that his big brother is gone. And then he becomes the big brother to Mako. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. n- like his whole thing and their whole relationship to me reads like siblings. Ooh, I like that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like she didn't when she looks at mm-hmm. Raleigh's naked chest. She's like, "Oh God, weird." <laughs> like, like that's the kind of reaction that I would have to my like seeing my brother like naked, which I have, and it's gross. <laughs> right? Like, you're oh, like, Whoa! it's like it's like a shock yeah. because you're like, "What am I looking at?" And then you're like, "Oh Jesus!" And then you run away, right? And like, and you don't speak about it because. um that's nasty. Uh, <laughs> you just kind of not. And then um, at the very end, like they don't kiss because they're just both so glad to have each other alive. And like that kind of like intimacy does exist within families. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so just that's my hot take is that it is in no way romantic. Yeah. And, and which is great. It yeah. is absolutely it. written. Yes. Yeah, and the so thing that great. we didn't so in the very beginning part of um, Raleigh's kind of arc is that he and his brother have piloted a Jaeger, and they're like Jaegers became rock stars, and you know it shows them on like Letterman and like people like everything. Um, but so he and his brother are piloting a Jaeger, and as we've said, they have the neural handshake mind meld thing, and so he when his brother gets ripped out of the Jaeger, he feels his brother die. Like he's Which in is... his brother's brain and he feels him die. Mm-hmm. And then he has to power this machine that is not made for one person to power all the way to shore. So he's a broken small boy when we meet him. Oh, poor baby. Which also yes. took place in 2020. <laughs> and the first thing I did was I Marco Polo, Corey, and, and Mariah. And I was like, what the fuck, guys? If we get giant monsters this year, I'm calling it quits. Leaving. Peace and out. So I can cancel the apocalypse. Can't deal with it. Right? Um, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Mako. Yeah. I could talk about Mako. Like, Sarah, mm-hmm. when you first started watching the movie, you were like, oh, this is an action film. This is not my thing. And I Marco followed you and said, Mako Mori is my is like my reason for living. That it gives me life. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you life. <laughs> like she said, yeah. her entire character. So you don't 
I like that you don't get her story right up front. You don't understand what her relationship to Pentecost, Idris Elba, is right away. You're like, oh, well, he's like the leader and Mm -hmm. she's in the army. So she's following him around. Well, then when she mind melds with Raleigh or Charlie Menomina, um, Mm-hmm. You, you you learn that she is from. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I've had you learn that you learn that she's you. from. It's Tokyo, right? She's yeah, from Tokyo, she's Japanese. and so um, and mm-hmm. she was probably like five or six, and a kaiju attacked her village, her town. Tokyo is not a village. Sorry, um, and basically, Idris Elba saved her, and then adopted her, and it was her daddy. And so that's partly why he also doesn't want her to partner with uh, Charlie Menomina because he knows the dangers of being in a Jaeger. I love that it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the man. He's not keeping her away from men. No. He is <laughs> like, no, see, like, I have radiation poisoning yeah. and I am dying and I don't want you to die. We are losing Jaeger pilots left and right. Like, he's literally just, like, protecting her as a dad would protect a child, but she's like, yeah. Oh, but I'm an adult now. And I kind of want to do my own shit. Like, it's a great, I just love it's, it. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like dad. I want to, I want to join the military and your military dad is like, don't, uh huh, don't do that. Yes. You're going to die. And she's yeah. like, but did you die? And he's like, I'm dying. Yeah. That's the same thing. And no, you can't do it. So can I then, Talk about my second favorite part about Mako, that it's going to be real nerdy. Are you ready? Yes, yes. So Idris Elba speaks Japanese Mm -hmm. to Mako. As a person who has learned a second language and I studied how language affects your brain, um, it is incredible to me that he adopted her at age six and he probably didn't speak Japanese. You know what I mean? Like the way the movie is structured. So Mm -hmm. he adopted a girl learned her native language and speaks to her in her native language and lets her continue to speak in her native language. That doesn't happen often. And there's like this whole Mm -hmm. thing where memories are stored in language. So you won't necessarily not remember things that happened as a child, but if you get your native language stripped from you, you don't remember as well. And you will feel lost because your brain can't make these neural connections because you don't remember the language you made the memories in anymore. So he kept her. And Mm. it's so I studied this when I was in Canada, but it's what the British did to the French Canadians. They came in and they took all the French away and they, they ripped French out of the churches and they had to go to school in English and they would get beat if they spoke French. And there's a whole lost generation. And it's what we've done to the native Americans. People were, you know, sent to schools and ripped away from their language. Like that's how people subjugate people. And so the fact that Mako is adopted when she's little and still has her native language, I just, it makes me so happy. Every time. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't... So I was raised in Southern California where, mm-hmm. as a white person, I was actually the minority. And my parents both spoke fluent Spanish. Um, my mom was a teacher, so she had to. <laughs> and so anytime I hear Spanish being spoken or music, it has mm-hmm. this, like, really familiar, like, warmth 
it just makes me really happy. I have no idea what's being said most of the time, but it just makes me really happy because it rem- I guess it must then remind me. Yeah, it does. Yes, my child. It does. And memories. Right. That's that the thing. It's remember. not that you lose it, but you don't have it anymore. Sort of. Yeah. Mm. All right. Cool. Now we want to talk about the Mako Mori test. Let's do it. Okay. So if people aren't aware, there is a test out there called the, I never say, it. is it the Bechdel or Bechdel? Um, I say Bechdel. Okay. Um, Bechdel. Yeah. B-E. How do you, how do you spell it? C-H. D-E-L. D-E-L. So a woman created this in the 70s, not so much as a test that Hollywood should pass. It was a test to prove that Hollywood can't pass it. And the test is that there are two female characters who speak to each other who are named. That are named. Yeah, that are named. Okay. okay. It is Bechdel, um, by the way. And who have at least one conversation, which can be two lines, that is not about a romantic relationship. With a man. With a man. Or their homo their homo their heterosexual like relationship to a man in the movie. And most movies do not pass this test. Technically, Pacific Rim does not pass this test. However, Mako Mori is such a fleshed out character that a woman a, a lady on Tumblr um who Sorry, I had it written down and now I don't remember. <sighs> Never mind. Hold on. A, yeah, I'll, we'll look I'll it up. Search it up. Um, oh, Chalia, Ch- Ch- Chalia. Oh my gosh. Yep, should have looked that up. C H A L. Sorry, C H A I L A. She came up with this test that was basically like, look, technically Pacific Rim does not pass the Bechdel test. But Mako Mori has an entire backstory. She has an entire, like, hero's journey character arc that has nothing to do with any man in the movie. Like, she, she exists on her own and does not simply, the whole, like, the quote was she has an independent plot arc. Um, and her arc does not simply exist to support a male character's plot arc. Like, you could argue that Raleigh and Charlie Hunnam's plot arc supports Mako's plot arc. Mm-hmm. And so this this new test has come out, and people, mostly only on the internet, use it. But I will look and see if someone has rated a movie with a Mako Mori test. So this actually, people have starting to do this Yay. with Disney films. Oh, I saw that whole thing. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. thing about it. Yeah. So most Disney films don't pass the Bechdel test. But a lot of them actually pass the Mako Mori test. Right. Although then there's the whole um, sexualization of them still. Yeah. And that's the argument is that the Mako Mori test is also that she is not a sexualized character. Right. And she is just a person. So the most recent of the Disney canon princesses passed the test, which is Elsa, Merida, and Moana. Yeah. And they are the ones who really, truly pass the Mm -hmm. test. Um, and then the 2015 live action Cinderella, yeah, she actually passes the test too. Yes, she which does. I did not realize. Have you watched that? No. It is so good. No. Side note, I went into that with my sister because we were like, I mean, it's another Disney movie. It will be the same. It is not the same. It is mm-hmm. somehow they changed the story and it is really great. 
fascinating. The only thing I know about that yes. is Rob Stark's And also Lily so. James is in it, which she's... Well, she has a saying she's so, oh my gosh, we're gonna go on a side note for cinderella um her mother always told her growing up her mother is Haley atwell um right in real life or in the movie in the movie oh my god okay in the movie no but she always tells her have courage and be kind and so, but then her mother dies when she's young. And so she lives her life and she's truly living her life, not kind. She's living it nice. And so when she finally kind of comes to a realization that the way she has been treated is not kind and that the way she has reciprocated that treatment is not kind, she leaves. She's like, you have courage and be kind, but kindness does not mean you're a doormat. And she like figures that out. And it is so mm-hmm. good and then she looks at her stepmother who is Kate Blanchett and go oh. <laughs> yes. yes and she just looks at her mm-hmm. and she goes mm-hmm. I forgive you and then walks out of the house and you're like what the actual fuck it's really good all right that's my side note I love that it passes the Mako Mori test love as it. it should now that I think about it <sighs> okay nice that's my I mean I could I could talk about this forever so let's not because <laughs> yes yeah are you ready for my next note yes there is a reason i think that this movie is also really gripping is because charlie Menomina is a really good fighter mm-hmm. yeah he looks believable you know why mm-hmm. because that bitch grew up fighting there is an amazing, well, back when it was called The Nerdist, there is an amazing Nerdist podcast um, interview with him, with Chris Hardwick, and I think Matt Meyer was in the room as well. And he talks about growing up, he, his hmm. dad especially, but he grew up in like rough North England, like miners town, I mm-hmm. think. And uh, yeah, yeah. And like, like. His dad didn't necessarily do illegal things, but it was real close. And, like, he was kind of <laughs> like, I remember him saying, you know, he was the guy that people would call if there was a fight down at the bar and you need to come break it up. And and Chris Hardwick was like, so he was an enforcer? And Charlie just kind of went, oh, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So just for the, the listeners, Charlie, Charles Matthew Hunnam is an Aries. <laughs> Which checks out. <laughs> um, he's Excellent. an April baby as well, which means he's in good company. <laughs> but he's um, he's from Newcastle upon Tyne. Mm-hmm. Like that is mm-hmm. the most northern place of all time. Like <laughs> yes. everyone there talks like Cheryl Cole from the X Factor. Uh, like <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. no one can understand what they're saying. Like, if you actually listen to Charlie Hunnam in this movie, his American accent is slightly passable, but I have an attuned ear <laughs> for, like, really American, ac- like, for, like, English actors in particular doing American accents, and his R's do not sound correct. Well, like, <laughs> like, like passable for your first time but like i know like the first time i saw this movie that was the first time i'd ever saw charlie Mm hunnam and i was like that bitch is not american (laughs) like i knew yes yeah 
and uh, he's he, incredible. He did, he did his best. He, he tells best. a story about living in LA with his girlfriend current at the time. I think they're married now. Um, but he really likes weapons and like random <laughs> kinds of weapons, which I know sounds weird. So he has like, he has like a collection. He has like a machete from, you know, some place that he worked in in Africa for something and different stuff like that. So however his house was set up, it was from his bedroom in the bathroom. You could see his garage and he like had just gotten out of the bathroom and like just put on pants and he sees a guy sneak into their garage. Like the, he, the guy like lifted up the garage door a little bit and snuck up under it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I got so mad because my girlfriend is in the house. And what if he tries to go hurt her? And uh-uh, that's not happening. And whatever. So he grabs the closest thing to him, which happened to be this machete. Incredible. And like, and, like chase the guy out of the Naturally. house with a machete. And you're just like, you know what? So all of that. that, and then you watch how he like punches the shit out of the Australian jackass. Mm. He knows how to fight. Mm-hmm. Like he actually knows how to fight. And you can see it. Yeah, it's kind of like watching yeah. Black Klansman and also The Rise of Skywalker and seeing how Adam Driver holds a gun. And I'm like, oh, he, yeah. it's because it's because mm-hmm. he was a marksman in the military and he was trained to do that. Right. Like, like you're like oh so like when everybody like my like i made my everybody watch black clansman that i knew and they're like he holds it and he shoots it and he doesn't flinch or blink <laughs> yes he's such a good actor and i'm like no yeah. it's because he was a marine and right. he was a marksman corpsman <laughs> yeah exactly he was, he, like, he was trained to do weapons and stuff yes <laughs> so I feel you like and that's like so I get it and it's awesome that Charlie Hunnam is so good at fighting like I believe him so much when he fights yes he does yes speaking of oh okay oh my god also I love the gentleman (laughs) I love the gentleman I thought it was gonna be so stupid and so awful and it was so good and it was so amazing problematic but Guy Ritchie is that way um but like Honestly, Mm, I thought it was going to be so stupid. Okay. Good to know. Guys, Corey. I haven't. Oh, yeah. Corey, what is it on? I don't know. It came out like in December. Oh, okay. I thought I. I... It came out and. Yeah, I recognize the name. I was like, oh, I think I saw that. And it has Matthew McConaughey. Henry Golding. Oh, Henry I remember Golden. seeing the commercials um, for it. Hugh Grant. Dude, Hugh Grant is unrecognizable. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. Like, he was he was yeah. literally talking. No, so watch it. He was literally I, you talking can probably for like five minutes, and I was like, oh my god, that's Hugh Grant. Oh. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I have, I have, well, I have two more things. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know, what do you think the message of this movie is? And do you disagree or agree with it? Mm. If you think there's a message. I think the message is you have to get over your differences to save your community. To, like, you, you have to work with people who are different than you in order to make things better. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. everybody is so different, and everybody's personalities clash, mm-hmm. and you know, 
Raleigh is literally fucking fighting my main bitch Chuck <laughs> to a pulp. And then the, then the next scene, they're like, all right, let's put our shit together. Let's put our things aside. We have to work together to cancel the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that was, where I was from. <laughs> I don't know. You but know. like it's fine like that's and that's what i see is like everybody has all of these massive differences but they're all willing to put it aside to change the world and i totally uh 100 agree with that like in order to change anything you have to reconcile differences with each other in order to move forward right um ultimately mm-hmm. one person is going to be more right but like you have to reach across mm-hmm. and bring people to the movement. Yeah, because Ch- Chuck, his his issue with Raleigh, while he comes across as a complete asshole, his issue kind of is if you go out there and you mess up, we die. So like, I don't want to fight with you because you could get me killed. And I mean, it, that's like a valid concern. But again, you have to like get over it. And, right. trust, and your, like, trust your fellow humans to step up to the plate. But that's what's so great is because Raleigh and like Chuck is Raleigh five years previous. Mm-hmm. Like hotshot, hotshot mm-hmm. young pilot working with an elderly fam- older family member and the older family member gets hurt while fighting. And then he has to like deal with the repercussions. Yeah. Like they're basically foils. Mm-hmm. Slash the same person. <laughs> um, yes. Which is hilarious. But like. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my what I think it is. I love it. That is. Sarah, do you think there's a message? Um, This is one of those yeah. ones where I would have yeah. to think about it a lot more. Um. I think a lot of times there are always, especially in end of the world films that have to deal with that. There's always some sort of a message like treat the environment better. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, it's always hidden underneath it through the form of an apocalypse or giant monsters or whatever, you know? Um, and I feel like there was something when I watched it that I was like, mm, okay, I see what that is. Yeah. But well, I couldn't tell Is you it what in it the was. first 10 minutes? Where <laughs> like, we I say, don't remember. We had to give up all of our differences. Old enemies became allies and we got together as a world to fight yeah. against. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> right? You know, so I mean, I, I definitely agree with Mariah. I see that as a message. Um, but I could also, like, someone else could tell me that they thought the message was something else. And mm-hmm. if they had a valid argument, I could believe yeah. that, too. So. So my last thing is you hated the scenes with um, Ron Perlman. <laughs> I hate them. I just could have okay. lived without Here's them. Here's why I love them. Because, like we've said, I legitimately, like, love this movie so much. The parts that I like is showing how the world has... Um, adjusted to this happening. So when mm-hmm. you first see him, he's literally in a place called the bone slums. And so like, there's a part of it where the world came together and we put aside our differences. People are still in deep poverty. 
and we didn't fix this shit. Mm-hmm. And they're literally living like within the skeletal remains of a kaiju. Oh, and they found out right. how to make drugs right. out of the kaiju. And how to sell the every little piece has, you know, its ability to sell. And then there's my favorite is there's like the monks who are like praying along the street and they're like, Oh, those people think that the kaiju are um like a curse from God stating their just his displeasure in how we have been living our lives. And then Charlie Day goes, Well, so what do you think they are? And he goes, I think they're five hundred dollars per square pound of manure or whatever. Like it's like whatever his thing is for, for drugs. <laughs> I actually really liked that because you just at least in Japan, because that's where right they were in Japan or were they in the Philippines? Hong in Hong Kong. Kong. Okay, sorry. Hong Kong. Ooh, they were in Hong Shows Kong. Shows how much I pay attention. But um, for your favorite movie, <laughs> listen, I just wanted Charlie Manalana shirtless. That's all I'm here for. Girl, he's so dehydrated. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> once Let I learned, once I learned that that's how you get to look like that, I was so upset. I was like, oh, that mm-hmm. is not okay. Like, I do not like that. Um, but anyway, I just, I love the slums and I love seeing the drugs and everything because it, even though they were trying to be kind of preachy at the beginning that we all got better, we also didn't and there's always things you can fix and change. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, also, sorry, that was not my last note. My very last note was i love that it kind of sounds like a video game especially in the fight scenes yeah (laughs) the sound design is like very like and then and then it'll just be like you gotta get to the left go 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 and like (laughs) plasma cannon full blast empty the clip empty the clip (laughs) like what clip what clip I I was listening, I was watching and listening, and I was like, man, this just, and I I think truly for me also, that's the draw, is you're just there, it's like a video game, it's a game you're playing, it's just, it's mindless and it's fun. Yeah, speaking of video games, can I Mm -hmm. say my favorite little tidbit, because I was like listening to it, Yeah, this movie, and I was like, why do I recognize that voice? Mm. G Danger's AI voice is Ellen McLean, and she's doing the exact same voice as Gladys or GLaDOS from the Portal games. That's why I recognized it. Oh. I had to look it up. So she, okay. like, it's the exact, like, she's literally being, like, GLaDOS, the voice of GLaDOS is the voice of G Danger, which is really great. Well, if you haven't you played the Portal games, um, they're really great. They're really fun. Um, they're super fun, um, but they're they're like um, the greatest because all you you just have to like avoid getting shot. You don't actually shoot anything, and you just have to like puzzle your way out of stuff. It's it's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah. um, do you guys have anything else? Um, I have so many things, but let me just go through really quick. As you say, Mariah, you had um, a whole notebook. So I had a whole notebook. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was like, I was just along for the ride. Oh, I have a quote that got that Herman says, and I I just want you all to Herman. just to react and then discuss. <laughs> Numbers are as close to as we get to the handwriting of God. <laughs> I what do we love it because it's this? It's he's talking because. 
Because Charlie Day, they're two scientists who are stuck in a room together with very low budget with, and, and very and... differing views of science. Yeah. Like, Herman is like, get the body parts on the earth. Like, they have a line drawn in the room. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> um, and Newt is a kaiju groupie. Yeah, I mean, he does have his tattoos that we talked about earlier are of kaiju. And he talks about them like they are superheroes and incredible and amazing. And he talks about these to people who have fought them and people who have lost people to kaiju. He's like, they're so cool. I mean, or not, you know. (laughs) I just want to see one up close Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. Or not. And and, and they're like, um... Right? Are you you sure about that? Like... It's kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, some other iconic lines. You, shut up. You, keep talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that meme is, like, I feel like I see it everywhere on the internet. Um, and at least I for sure did when this movie came out in 2013. But, like, dude. Do you know that... what line my brother and I say to each other all the time? Canceling the apocalypse. Oh, one. Don't you ever touch me again. Two. Two. Don't you ever, don't you ever touch, touch me, me again. <laughs> Honestly. Like, seriously, that's my other thing. Right. I, I feel have... like that could be my life model. I have... Oh, he just, he's so good. Okay, sorry. No, Go ahead. So, like, yeah, that, I was going to talk about Idris Elba. Like, one of my notes is Idris Elba is chomping on scenery. <laughs> like, he's not chewing with a mouth closed like a dainty person, like dainty little lady. He is chomping on it, shoveling it into his mouth. Like he is just, he steals every freaking scene he's in yes. just by like being him. He like, is a he presence. Is the, yeah. Like he is the only, I feel like he's the only person in this movie that can actually kind of act and, I don't Rude. think he can act very well. <laughs> Rude. Are you kidding? <laughs> Keep going with your notes. Mm, I mean, I. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a lot of things. That, like, you also have to you watch that, Luther. Like, no. Don't talk until you watch Luther. Listen, watch I will. Luther. I, I tr- listen. It's on HBO Max. No. <laughs> And you can't, can't, I can't handle him. it. Okay. Can't handle that. Um, I think that wait, hold up, hold up. Um, one of my notes is Chuck is such a bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Um, the line that valid. we used to talk about. So when Chuck kind of chews out Charlie Hunnam in front of his dad, Herc, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Herc like watches Chuck walk mm-hmm. away and he's like, I don't know if I should hug him or give him a kick in the ass. And Charlie Hunnam looks at him and goes, I'll tell you which one it he needs. With all due respect, <laughs> sir, we both know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Kick in the ass. Cheesy, crazy. All right. That's all my notes, I feel like. Yeah, that's all my notes. Great movie. Awesome. Love to see it. Well, that was my last, my actual last question. Would you mm. recommend this movie to a friend? Hell yeah. Sarah, you're the only one yeah. we're waiting for. Because I mean, Mariah and I have recommended of... this a hundred times to people. <laughs> yeah, no, we know. Um, I think it would depend on, on who it was. If if they're looking for a good action film, I would I would definitely recommend it. Um, so yeah. Yay. yeah I would. 
Right. As long as that's what they're looking for. You know? Like, not. I wouldn't just be like, oh my gosh, guys, this is the movie I watched. Everyone needs to watch mm. Every time I recommend it to somebody, <laughs> I say, listen, it is giant robots fighting giant monsters. That's all you need to know. Enjoy. And if that's what they want, they'll go watch it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's basically mm-hmm. it. Like, I will put on... Like, I'll, I mean, I just, I found out today that I actually don't own Pacific Rim, which is very upsetting. What? I had to, I, I know. I was like, I feel like it got like, I lost. I have the Blu ray with special effects and everything. <laughs> you. <laughs> I have that for all the Star Wars movies. Like, that's, that's my fair. trash. Yeah. Um, like, but I, like, this Pacific Rim is one of those movies that you put on when you don't really want to think about anything. Mm-hmm. absolutely you don't want to it's not for yeah. catharsis it's, it's for like mm-hmm. it's for like fun yeah it's just, like it's a perfect summertime movie mm-hmm. exactly and i kind of can't wait for the 10-year re-release so i can go see it in theaters in 2023 when hopefully corona's over and no one is dead yes yes and the kaiju have not come from the breach <laughs> On that note, what are we loving this week? Oof. What are we loving this week? I don't remember. Um. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um. Um. So I will tell you. Okay, what are you th- loving? There is a pod. If you, go- if you like The Office, the TV show, the American TV show. The women who play Jenna Fisher, Fisher Jen, nope, Jenna Fisher, the woman who plays Pam, and then Angela something who plays Angela. I don't remember their last names. I'm sorry. Um, they have a podcast called The Office Ladies, where they and they are best friends in real life. It turns out, and they talk about The Office every episode, and it is so good. And they have special guests who are, you know, it'll be like Steve Carell or whatever, but they just go like they deep dive into the mm-hmm. show. And if you like The Office, it is so good. I highly recommend it. Love that. Nice. Um, I mean, I have been recently getting back into playing um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's a video game, and I played it in April during spring break, and now I'm getting back into it and, like, actually completing the game. It's so crazy. I finished the storyline of the, of the game, and only finished 40% of the game. Oh. So I'm going, oh. like, I was like, what? So I have so much more to do. There, are, There's entire areas that I didn't even know existed because I was just playing for the plot. And it's one of the co- yeah. coolest games that I've ever seen. Um, I'm not very much of a video game player, but it's... If you've ever wanted to play a Star Wars movie, this is it. And mm-hmm. the first time I played it, I was crying for like the first two hours I was playing it because I was just like, I'm Cal Kestis. Look at how beautiful everything is. <laughs> oh, my God. I have a lightsaber. I'm killing things with lightsabers. Oh, my God. I have a droid companion and I'm going to die if he dies. <laughs> like if anybody hurt BD1, I'm going to yes. kill everyone in this room and then myself. <laughs> I so, love it. 
That's what I've been loving. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, this past weekend, I purchased a jumper from Old Navy. It was on clearance for 50% off. And it's beautiful. And I wore it on Sunday and on Monday. And I would have worn it today if I hadn't been seeing coworkers <laughs> that I had seen on Sunday. Who cares? Like, it's so comfortable. And it has pockets. And it's navy blue. And it's just beautiful. And that's what I'm loving Yay. this week. All right. So, mm-hmm. is it Mar- yeah, Mariah? Mariah. <laughs> it's my turn. What are we talking about next week? The vertically thick bog man himself. <laughs> We're talking about the love of my life. Andrew John Hosier Byrne. <laughs> Known by the plebes as Alrighty. Hosier. Not Hosier or Hoosier. <laughs> the man says Hosier. <laughs> Co- cozier with hosier. Get cozier okay. with hosier, babies. So, All right. <laughs> take a listen to his entire discography. There's only like 40 songs. So <laughs> have a good one. Um, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to nerd out. It's going to be. It'll be like me with Pacific Rim. And more It'll like be... you with the host. <laughs> oh, oh, and the other one. Yay! Oh, I'm excited. Um, thank you for listening to the Drive Time Pod while we, and thank you for canceling the apocalypse with us. <laughs> um, if you would like to stalk us, we are at the Drive Time Pod on Instagram. You can write to us. Um, our email is thedrivetimepod at gmail.com. Episodes drop every Wednesday. And can you believe it? I went through that without pausing exactly once you t- it was I'm one so breath i'm so proud of you like because i've like, done the it. best you've ever done like at least 12 times at this point I think. <laughs> and now we'll switch it oh and gosh, someone else will do it um so i we well now i don't know how to end it now I- we say thanks for listening guys oh uh, thanks for listening Have bye a good one. bye, bye.